as a passive investor, you want to have an education so you know this industry works, this is how it works, I know where my money's going, I know that it's going to turn a profit. Are you ready to change your life? Welcome to the Multifamily Investor Ladies Podcast, sponsored by Freedom Capital Investments and Berkwood Capital. Your hosts, Linda Brooks and Lisa Hill, are two dynamic multifamily investor syndicators who combined have more than 400 doors in their portfolio and growing. Join them on their journey as they show you it's never too late to get started in multifamily real estate investing. And they'll show you how to do it successfully as a passive investor. And now, here are your hosts, Linda and Lisa. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the 12th episode of the Multifamily Investor Ladies Podcast. My name's Lisa Hill, and my co-host, Linda Brooks, and I want to thank you for making that all-important decision to learn more about how to become a passive investor in the commercial real estate market. Yes, the key is education, and we make it our goal each week to share not only our personal journey with you, but also connect you with an expert in the field, someone who has been where you are and taking it to the next level. And today's guest certainly falls in that category. And then some, yeah. Crystal DeBoer has been involved in the real estate industry for some 20 years, and she's with Live Oak Capital, and she is the GP, the general partner for a 42-unit multifamily property in Indiana and a self-storage property in South Carolina. Crystal is also a limited partner, LP, in various properties, including a 208 unit in Oklahoma and a 64 unit in beautiful Charleston, South Carolina. She's also a wife and a mom to four amazing kids. She runs a growing and vibrant community on Facebook called Miss Multifamily from her home in Illinois. Welcome. Welcome, Crystal. You are indeed a busy lady. And you've been in real estate industry for what, over 20 years? Yes, in a very different capacity, more residential. I had my real estate license and bought and sold houses and helped people with that. But in the commercial multifamily space, I've only been really operating for a little over a year. Mm -hmm. I'm just with everybody else learning and educating and growing. And it's been an amazing journey. So you mentioned you started with residential. How and why did you make the switch from residential to commercial real estate? Sure. Well, like Lisa mentioned, I do have four kids. And so I was mostly focused on kids and home and doing all that and just kind of doing real estate on the side. But my husband had struggled with some different chronic health problems and they were starting to get more intense. And so we were just thinking about our future, thinking about what do we need to do to set ourselves up for 20 years down the road and what that might look like. And so I was talking with my family and different people. And my brother has been in multifamily for a number of years. And he just said, this is what you need to do. You need to invest in multifamily. You need to get involved in getting your streams of income coming from different places that are not dependent on you, your husband, you know, and especially in 20 years when, you know, you're further down the road. And so that was the first time I really started thinking, okay, I need to pivot. I need to change. And I need to think differently about how I can make real estate work for my family and provide for my family. So that was the beginning of that journey. Yeah. It's amazing how life circumstances 
you know, make you see things in a different light. And it is about a mindset. Tell us about the very first deal. This very first deal just happened like December of 2020. 2020. Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. amazing. Close. Closed that 42 unit was a $2 million deal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How did you do it while you're managing what four children in mm-hmm. all under the age of what? I don't even know. How, what are your children's ages? Sure, sure. Now? Well, now they're 14, 13, 10, or almost 10, nine and seven. So yeah. Wow. So, well, that's a great wow. question. And that's what I asked my brother. <laughs> I was like, I don't have time for that. I got way too much going on. Yes. And he said to me, he goes, you can't afford not to make time. This is going to change your life and you need to get clear and concerned about how you're going to do that. And that really shook me and got me to say, you're right. So what do I need to do to make the time? And so we started shifting some responsibilities and changing things around so that I could get on the phone and start calling those sellers and start finding those properties and finding those deals. And to begin with, well, really what started the whole journey was before I began back in January, my brother had closed on the 64 unit down in South Carolina. And we had gotten involved with that and were 5% owners in that. And so that was what got the wheels starting of, okay, I'm not making any money from it right now because it's a property that's being stabilized. And so it's being turned around and there's, you know, all the cash flow is going back into renovating and rehabbing that property. But down the road, that's going to be a steady stream. Every month I will get a check for what that cash flow, you know, 5% of that cash flow. And, you know, on a 64 unit, that's a substantial amount of money. And over time, that will only continue to grow and get better. And then when we do sell it, 5% of the profits, you know, come to our family. So he started like extrapolating that out for me and saying, see what this will do. What if you did this on your own? So you could have a larger percent and then, you know, yeah, look, invest in more deals, you know, put yourself into other deals as a limited passive investor. And then you're not scrambling in 20 years. So that was really eye-opening for me. And it helps me just say, oh, wow, this is 100% worth it to investigate, to know what I'm doing, to know the business so that I'm really confident in investing in more deals. You know, if you really back it up, that is a really big part of it. It's always great to have someone to support you in that transition, especially a family member. So kudos and congratulations to you. In that transition process, right, how important was it for you to learn the industry, right? I know the 42 unit is your first deal, your baby. You know, can you talk about what that looked like from an education perspective, from a thought process, mindset perspective, because you mentioned that you first asked your brother, how on earth am I going to do this? Um, Walk us through that process. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's a great question. So that was the first thing he said to me is, okay, before anything, you need to work on your mindset that this is possible, that you can do this. And so I read a lot of books on my own. I read well, rich dad, poor dad. I'd read that before, but I read it again. I read, you know, the magic of thinking big. I read flip the script on, you know, how to talk to sellers. Um, And so this was more so that I could find deals and could close deals. I would not have been able to do the 42 unit if I had not been actively educating myself. Like as a passive investor, you want to have an education. So, you know, this industry works. This is how it works. I know where my money's going. I know that it's going to turn a profit, but when you're 
an active, you know, the general partner, you've got to know how do I take a building, the, the one that we bought, you know, for 2 million and I need to make it worth two and a half million in five years. So how does that work? How does that happen? Did that by going through an apartment course on how you do that? My first million in multifamily is what I use. There are a lot of them out there, but that's a really great one. Full disclosure, that is my brother. And, you know, and so he was walking me through everything. So I highly recommend that one, but there's a lot that you can do. And, you, you know, you can learn it through reading books, visiting the library, YouTube. I mean, it is easier if it's all put together for you, but anyone can educate themselves for sure. But I do feel like I spent probably four to five weeks before I picked up the phone, just getting super familiar with the terms with like, I'd never heard of an NOI. What is an NOI? Well, now I know it's net operating income, but I remember I didn't know what in the world that was, you know, a year ago. And these terms that when you're calling brokers, when you're calling sellers that are, you know, have owned these properties for years, you need to know what you're talking about so that they don't think, right. They don't think who is this person that thinks they're going to buy and operate my building? No, I don't think so. You know? So, so yes, education is very key. And then Crystal, you know, Lynn and I are talking to our women listeners too. We are open to both sexes, so does both genders, so to speak. But this is a very male dominated business, I'm going to be honest. And we Mm -hmm. there are women out there, but they're not as many of us as there are men. Mm -hmm. So did you find challenges that way? Or not? I mean, maybe not. You might not know, know, right? Yeah, Yeah, no, I know, right. So I completely agree with you. And that's why I started my Miss Multifamily Facebook group because I saw that there was not a lot of support for women in the industry, just because we're kind of a tribe. Like we look out for each other. We care about each other. We uh, operate a little bit differently. And so I just thought, man, it would be great to build a community of women that are helping each other, sharing what they can. So I hundred percent agree. As far as talking to like brokers, sellers, I don't know that, you know, it's, I didn't think anybody was going to treat me differently. And so I didn't feel like they did. However, who knows? I had one broker that, I mean, I got blown off by plenty of brokers, (laughs) but you know, um, (laughs) but who knows if that was because I was a woman or just because they just you were commercial green. brokers, right? Exactly. Yeah. Commercial yeah. brokers are very busy, you know. And I remember asking my brother, I'm like, is it normal to like not get any response back or to get, you know, really quick off the phone with you? He's like, Oh yeah. He said, until you closed a couple deals and until you know, you know, they know you're the real deal, it's hard. And so I didn't take it personally and I didn't, you know, so who knows? I think it was just more my inexperience, and you just have to keep plowing through that. And it is true now that. I am an owner and operator. Now they call me and like, I got a call the other day of, you know, we just listed a property right by your other property. Would you want to look at it with us? And was like, yes, I would. So, you know, that's awesome. <laughs> so, um, so it does, the longer you're in this, you really do see it turn around, but I definitely got blown off, but I don't know that it was, but you know, who knows? And that's like, you know, if you kind of that mindset of, I'm who I am. I'm here for a reason. I know my why. I know that my children, my husband, my family needs me to do what I'm doing. And I don't really care if you don't like me or if you don't want to talk to me, I'm just going to keep plowing on to the next one. Yeah. Because Crystal, 
your first deal might have been last year, but you plugged away. There were a lot of rejections. I mean, how many deals did you go through before yeah. you settled the first? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were a lot of offers. I can't remember the exact number. It was six or seven ones that fell through. I had one that like we actually, and that was talking about LOIs, which are your letters of intent where you send it out and you can go through negotiations with sellers and you go back and forth and you might spend a week or two going back and forth, really. And then to have it fall apart and you've analyzed it, you've done your preliminary due diligence, you've worked on that property. And so when that comes, you know, even though it technically wasn't under contract, it still is a blow and it's like, oh, it's not going to come together. And then we had one under contract that I was so sure that it was going to happen. It was a 24 unit, a street of duplexes. I just wanted it. I just wanted it. Then when we got into our contract, everybody agreed to all the terms. And then when I did my inspections, there were huge problems with the foundations and it was just going to be too problematic for our budget. And so I had to let that go. And I'm not going to lie. I cried ugly tears that day. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just devastating. And I just remember thinking, because, you know, because the property was three hours away from me, I'd driven back and forth, you know, it's taking time away from my family, from my kids. And it was just like, when is it going to happen? Like I've plugged and plugged, no fruit, no results. And, you know, my mentor, brother, he just was like, Hey, it's just a stepping stone. You're one more step closer. You're more confident. Now you've gone all through the contract process. It's like, you just keep going. It's all part of your education. And so, you know, I let myself feel all the bad emotions. Then the next day I called, it was a stepping stone. So the short story is that deal the same seller. I loved him. I hated that we had to get out of the contract. He was great. And so when I called him back and I was talking, I said, we are so sorry. We're just going to have to come out because blah, blah, blah. And, but do you have any other properties that you are interested in selling? I said, I know this was the one that you really wanted, but I know you have others. Would you, we've loved working with you. You guys have been great. Yada, yada. And so they went, they thought about it. They got back to me and said, well, this is one we were not planning on selling it. This was the 42 unit. We're not planning on selling this one. I love this property. However, you know, and to be honest, I don't know all the motivations of why he wanted to sell it. I don't know if it was because of COVID because he had a lot of properties. If he was feeling like I need to divest myself of some things because it was a scary time last year for landlords and, you know, owners. We're not in the thick of it like we were last year, but it's still volatile. And so I don't know if that was motivating. I don't really know, but all I know is they brought that property to us that no one knew was for sale. It wasn't for sale. And I said, I will drive out tomorrow. It was two hours away. The other one was three hours away. So this one was closer, two hours away, got out there and loved it. And we were under contract the next week on it. And so, you know, it was a stepping stone. It was like that 24 unit was not what was for me. This one was. So it's all a process. And if we just kind of look at it that way, going back to what you're saying about the mindset of each thing is leading to the next thing keep plugging, keep knocking, and it will, it will come together. Just can't give up. Nice. I was going to ask you if you'd ever been discouraged, but it sounds like you had, and the importance of having that mentor, that, that person Mm -hmm. that encouraging you (laughs) to move forward is so important. Now, 
I heard you mention one was three hours away, one was two hours away. You live in Illinois. You've got property in South Carolina. It sounds like mm-hmm. you have had the opportunity to invest in different markets. And so it doesn't seem mm-hmm. like you're focused in one area. But what drives mm-hmm. your consideration of those markets? A couple of things. You're always looking for those landlord-friendly states. So Illinois is unfortunately not one, which is where I live. And so the taxes are extremely high in Illinois. If you have to evict someone, it's a really, really difficult process. It's weighted very heavily towards tenants and landlords have very few rights. It's similar to California and California and Illinois and New York, I think, are the hardest states. Mm -hmm. Washington, D.C. is too. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm not familiar with that market. Okay. Yeah. So that is something that we look at really closely, only investing in states that are landlord friendly. Indiana, I'm right on the border. So I immediately knew I'm not looking in Illinois. I'm targeting Indiana. So I first started targeting like an hour within my hour radius, but that market was very hot. There was, it was very expensive. And so I had to push it out and go into more you know, tertiary markets. I did was down in Indianapolis. I'm about two and a half hours from Indianapolis. I looked in Indy and then some of the markets that were smaller towns, like the town we're in is only 20,000 people, but it's an hour north of Indy and it had very few apartment buildings. It had very few housing opportunities for people. And so the demand is very high in our area. Um, so, you know, you're looking at that, you're looking at are there, you know, there's a big couple of big plants in the town that I'm in. Um, there's a big hospital. You make sure that there's good employment, all those things. So, and then with the, you know, Tulsa, I'm a limited partner. So that I'm not, I wasn't involved in that acquisition. And same with the, um, the one in South Carolina, the self-storage, I, I am involved in that. And I'm from South Carolina. So that's why I'm involved in those properties. And I know that market as well. And then I know Indiana. So those are the two that I'm an active investor in. The passive ones, I trust I trust the general partners and I trust that they've done all their work. I mean, my brother's the general partner on the one in Oklahoma and other one in South Carolina. So I know that those have been vetted. Oklahoma's a great, we're in Tulsa. That's a great market. We really like Tulsa. So we're looking for another property out there right now, actually. Well, you're t- hitting on a point that Lynn and I've been driving home with our listeners too. It's a relationships. It's who you know, who you can trust, mm-hmm. who you can trust can get the deal done, knows the business, knows the markets. And so that's, it's really good. You just mentioned, I was going to ask you what's next for you, but it sounds like you're branching, you're looking into Tulsa and mm-hmm. what else? Yeah. Self-storage right. or are you going to strictly stay with them? Self-storage was kind of a side that we're okay. trying. Multifamily is our focus, but right now I'm stabilizing the 42 unit, um, we're working on raising rents, rehabbing units. We're cleaning up the landscaping out there. We just had a huge tree trimming project where we took down a bunch of trees that needed to be cut down, limbs that were on the roofs. Like it just had a lot of deferred maintenance, things that just, you know, you can see anyway, certain things make money for you. And so everybody focuses on those, but things like trees that are overgrown and limbs that are on the roof, like that is going to cost you money eventually. And it makes the property feel closed in, not as nice. Landscaping, no. Does that yield an immediate response for you? No, but it makes people want to live there and it's their home. And you're trying to create an environment that they love, that they want to be there. You know, it's not just about breaking in those rents. You're trying to create an environment that is good and safe and pleasant. So we're focusing on those right now over there because it all contributes. And we're in the middle of a lot of projects over in Indiana. And then 
I'm also stabilizing the self-storage. And then we are always looking for more properties and more deals. We do have network, like you were talking about, network of investors that are passive that invest with us that want to find these deals. So we're I help find those deals and locate them as well. Excellent. Excellent. Any advice for the new passive investor or the passive investor mm-hmm. that wants to advance to the next level? Well, I mean, I think the more you can get comfortable with multifamily and how the numbers work and how the, just the velocity of it. So an understanding too, and everyone's different in how they work with their passive investors. But the best thing that I think is that when you invest in multifamily, you can put your money in, you know, and you have your in the deal for a year and a half to two years while the property is being turned around and stabilized. And then, you know, you get your money back and then you can go invest your money in either another multifamily or, you know, or something else you want to do. And so I think that like, especially when we first started, all of our passive investors had never invested in real estate. It was friends and family, you know, and no one had ever really, well, they'd invested in real estate, but not multifamily real estate. And so it took a lot of education to show them this works and you will get, you know, these returns and then you will get all your money back. And then you have equity in the building forever, you know, until we sell it. And so, you know, and that was a lot of education now that it's proven and we've done it. Now it's like people are attracted to you and want to invest with you because they're seeing what you're doing. And so it's not as difficult, but I think as a passive investor, really finding those, you know, people that you trust, people that are performing, that are turning these properties well and efficiently and have their teams in place, that's going to be really important so that you're investment is safe. So I guess that would be what I would say. Thank you. All right. Well, Crystal, we have definitely learned a lot about the importance of commitment, dedication, and mindset. And we truly appreciate all that you shared with us and our listeners today, your experience, your journey, your tenacity, your commitment and determination. Thank you for just being an inspiration. Please, where can our listeners find out more about you and get a hold of you? Sure. Best place to see me is over at my Facebook group, Miss Multifamily, just like it sounds, M-I-S-S, Multifamily. And we'd love to see you in there. If you're an active investor, a passive investor, you want to just learn about the programs and the how to get involved in multifamily, that's the best place to be. We're a community that's all trying to help each other out. So we'd love to see you over there. Excellent. And of course, we'll have all of Crystal's information on our podcast website. Crystal DeBoer of Live Oak Capital, thank you so very much for spending time with us today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. And thank you for joining us, everybody. To show our appreciation, we'd like to offer you a special gift. Be the first person to contact us through our website, multifamilyinvestorladies.com, and we'll be sure to send you a book to help you take your passive investing to the next level. Crystal talked about reading books. It's so important. So we'll send you a, a great book. Yeah, probably one of the ones that she mentioned, I think would be a good one to send. And listen, if you enjoyed this episode, please take a second and leave us a five-star rating right there on your favorite listening platform. If you'd like what you hear on the show, find it helpful, want to learn more, go ahead and hit subscribe. Thanks again for listening. And remember, it is never too late to get started in passive investing in real estate with the Multifamily Investor Ladies. Thanks a mil for listening. For more information about today's episode, learn more about passive multifamily real estate investing, or to reach Linda or Lisa directly, visit us on the web at multifamilyinvestorladies.com. 
Thanks a mill for joining the Multifamily Investor Ladies podcast, sponsored by Berkwood Capital and Freedom Capital Investments. Your hosts, Lisa Hill and Linda Brooks, remind you it's never too late to get started on your multifamily real estate investing journey, and they'll show how to do it successfully as a passive investor. We'll see you next time.